0: Greetings is co-hosted and co-produced by Bobby O'Rourke and Dan Conroy. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at greetingspod or on Twitter at greetingscast for weekly updates, photos, and to see what card we're talking about that week. Greetings. And thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Greetings, the greeting card podcast. I'm the host with some of the toast, Dan Conroy.
1: Why, Dan, I didn't hear you come in. I'm the other host, Bobby O'Rourke.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry, Bobby. I brought in my toast sneakers today, which of course is a fine non-seated rye that I like to wear all around the house because I know you've told me about taking my shoes off before I come into the podcast apartment, But as you know, I don't listen at all hey two wrongs don't make a (laughs) rye i guess you and i are looking for love in all the rye places today (laughs) Uh,
1: uh, additional rye joke laugh track.
0: Uh spelt. It's an ancient grain. So Bobby, you and I talking today. Now we have spoken in past weeks and that would be the week of May, if I remember correctly, or April, mm. whenever it happens on Mother's Day. But mm. now we are finding ourselves and there's a lot of good content we have for the listeners in the next couple of weeks. But now we are barreling as we record this. We are barreling down the trail, the dusty trail of Papa's Day. Father's Day is coming up very soon. Mm -hmm. It's the one movie that Gary Marshall died before he got to make, and to be very honest with you, it pisses me off every time I go to bed he should have just unselfishly stayed alive for at least three more years so he could have made a movie as bad as Mother's Day and call it Father's Day the last jewel in his crown and we'll never know we will never get his Belmont Stakes. like I
1: want to know what Father's Day would have been like
0: well because I think we had we I think the Kentucky Derby of those movies probably he did New Year's Eve right it was New Year's Eve Valentine's Day and then Mother's Day he just got on this weird sprint of doing see like movies based on holidays like and they're not but they're not christmas it's just people celebrating the thing together
1: i think he got tired because many of his movies are great and then you know once you turn 90 how often can you be expected to have good ideas anymore i'm not sure i'm genuinely asking
0: i i, I don't know either i'm pretty sure i just wanted to double check to make sure he did make all of those movies so wait i think valentine's day was also him Uh, I want to make sure this is not like some doppelganger doing all this. You know,
1: I have not seen Valentine's Day and I've been trying to get a friend or or a loved one to watch it with me because it's one of those movies that I think would be a lot of fun to watch, but not if you're alone. You know, there are certain films you watch and you think, man, this would be a lot of fun, but I cannot watch this by myself because then I've just chosen this and that (laughs) cannot be the case.
0: I'm 100% with you. There are some movies that are, it's hilarious what their currency is. It's like going to like a currency exchange in realizing this movie in the unincorporated community of friendship is so much fun, but in the Republic of By Myself is crippling, cripplingly, crippling. It is terribly depressing.
1: <laughs> That's a hard adverb, I have to Crippi-
0: say. Cripplingly? Is
1: that how it is, cripplingly? It's no. an awkward, adver- awkward adverb. Awkward, I don't
0: awkward, think it's an adverb, adverb that should exist or does, really. But mm-hmm. I. It's there are some movies, I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head. There are some movies that I want to see and it's, I kind of want to, ironically, well, there. Oh, I think we've talked about this, but there is uh, Book Club 2 currently out. In, oh, that's our bonus episode
1: for the Patreon subscribers. We're going to go and just live record us watching in the theater a session of Book Club 2. And the funny thing is, because we're just holding a microphone up, we're not talking, so you're just getting the audio from Book Club 2 for two hours.
0: <laughs> the muffled audio, because we're going to bring this into a movie theater, so people, it might they might almost immediately come out. Someone's thinking, are you trying to bootleg the movie B- Book Club 2? Are you trying to get this on the Pirates Bay, like try to get some, not even cash for, it. you're just thinking you're doing a good thing? Like I in goddess- 1998 when I
1: bought the Pokemon movie bootlegged and I thought, oh my God, I'm a rule breaker. And my mom was like, it's okay.
0: Where did you get a bootleg copy of the Pokemon movie when you were, um, how old were you, eight? My mother,
1: not to spill the beans, but she was a bit of a rebel in her day mm-hmm. and, you know, would take trips to New York and then she'd spot, you know- the local roustabouts and the and the merchants on the side of the street and they'd have movies and my mom would say here they'll pick this up for four bucks and I'd say wow this is the Pokemon movie how did we get this and my mom was like well it's bootlegs and I said what's that and she's like yeah someone recorded it and I was like is that (laughs) I'm, I'm like Newt Gunray, which is the last time you hear me say that ever. In fan, <laughs> what, in is Newt, Menace. what is Newt Gunray? One of the Trade Federation leaders from Phantom Menace where he's like, is that legal? And then the Emperor's like, I'll make it
0: legal. Wow, that's, that's a deep cut. I did not get that at all. Okay, that's incredible. Yeah, I'm really
1: regretting having said that out loud on a recording device because that is... Just uh, let me go back to my mom and it's theft. Um, uh, so.
0: just to me, it felt like if someone was trying to do a right wing galactic version of like you know like Newt Gingrich, that would be his name. Like, <laughs> I'm Newt Gunray, and there's only certain kinds of people I like. I did well in one midterm, and I've been cruising on it forever. So your your mom. Totally introduced like, me to a life what, of crime. Yeah, yeah, introduce, yeah. She basically, your mom was basically your introduction to the CD underbelly that is not paying for films at full price. You basically yes. paid what would be a discount theater price in 1993 for a was this a DVD or a VHS?
1: I think at the time we were just at the cusp of a DVD beginning to overtake VHS, so probably was it, maybe it was a VHS. I can't remember, but I used to talk with my cousins and we used to say how. There'd be people in the recording who were standing up in the movie, you know, like <laughs> as if they were in mystery science theater and you'd hear shuffling yeah, and coughing. And then sometimes the sound would go out because those camcorders wouldn't be able to capture all the sound coming at them
0: and they would completely unreliable. Mm-hmm. that's hilarious uh, so and and so much so that like then like maybe the lens is a little bit smudgy or i was just thinking about i think my for some reason my dad from somebody got a copy of how the grinch stole christmas the live action the Jim Jim Carrey Carrey one? Film. Oh, yeah. yeah he had a lot he had a bootlegged copy of that and we didn't watch the full thing we only saw a clip of it i don't know why maybe because my dad was aware of how poor the quality was also we I had I thought it was, like, it's too
1: spicy for you Dan. This is this is PG-13. We can't really have this
0: in the house. Well, not even. Like we had a we had a died in the wool bonafide copy of the real dang movie. We didn't need a bootleg, but my dad got <laughs> it from somebody and thought it was a fun thing to have, so he kept it. And it was just, yeah, somebody with like like literally using the camera on their flip phone to like record this movie and it was the quality was just so bad
1: he thought one day be a collector's item like wow a 1999 december bootleg copy of jim carrey's how the grinch stole christmas where's your yacht you must have be loaded
0: yeah what this is gonna be up there with like da vinci's notebook just like a dvd copy where like Jim Carrey's green, s- insane morphed face is clearly printed on a Microsoft Word piece of paper and then printed out with like the toner being off. It was so it was rough. That was a rough thing.
1: I said all this to go back to your original question, which was I don't think I've ever bootlegged a later stage Gary Marshall film, but uh, I don't have my mm. records in front of me, so I can't say for sure.
0: I mean, I couldn't start a morning in my college years without heading on up to the streets of New Brunswick and picking up my morning cup of bootleg vhs copy of pretty woman it's just a better movie when it's stolen because if you think about it it's a movie about money it stops being about money after a while and it's about love Love. and it's about being yourself which that's all Richard Gere wanted to be when in that movie he decided he wanted to become a shipbuilder or whatever the hell that side plot was right before Costanza went in and started being a real abusive boy. No, that's the Gary Marshall film we missed was Father's Day. And, you know, the the Gary Marshall film Mother's Day got an 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. I can only imagine Father's Day would have been just as good. You know, we've talked about the things that make up a Mother's Day card that are sort of, you know, stereotypical, like, playbook, expected themes of flowers and yellows and purples and hummingbirds. And I think Father's Day cards, we've talked about before, follow similar dad tropes that I'm not going to say have necessarily are not up to dad's interest today, but definitely are from a dated time. It's Mm. like fishing and beer and garage and lawnmowers being alone being alone not hanging out with your children a tv just having a nap begrudgingly speaking to other dads at the little league game begrudgingly speaking to other dads at the playground for maybe a minute that like you can only tell that you can tell that it's sort of like anytime after like 1940 something because they don't hunting is not often included like that would have been another of the options i think that's what fishing kind of holds out for but i was thinking to myself as we were preparing for this the father's day card discussion what would be the modern dad themes i'm guessing podcaster would be one of them i feel like a lot of dads have podcasts now Definitely gaming. There was definitely be like... There's some
1: gamer dads out there. Yeah. Hashtag gamer dads. We see you. Hashtag Hashtag we see you.
0: And you know, you got to play like a dad game like Red Dead Redemption. (laughs) Or I feel like Bioshock for some reason is kind of a... Like you played it when you were younger and then you've got like kind of the novelty behind it i don't know
1: go on steam and he just still has the most impressive zoo tycoon game <laughs> going on he's just kept
0: it alive just kept it moving this entire time has it <laughs> like gets emulators specifically just to play command and conquer red alert <laughs> that's his game <laughs> he has the old cd-rom version of risk
1: where you click a button and the, the digital dice roll and you just have to yeah. assume that the algorithm is treating you properly and now you've got Irkutsk, you know which is right near Cham- kamchatka you can go right into north america from there suddenly you're sitting pretty on at least holding one continent maybe
0: two or maybe your dad just needs to relax after a busy day maybe he is a computer engineer and he just goes on and still has his original cd-rom copy of putt putt saves the zoo and he (laughs) needs to make sure that this zoo i don't know why they're shutting down gets saved by a living car a living car has to save them, which should be the antithesis of life. But this car is going to do it. So thanks, Dad. I don't think I want
1: to mess with a zoo that's getting closed down. There was a zoo that closed down very near where I grew up. And it was closed down for a reason, let me tell you. It's that's depressing. A good place to be. It was. I At yeah. the time, I didn't know that. But then looking back, I was like, oh, God, that must have been <laughs> the worst place I ever went.
0: There's a zoo near of where I grew up and I did not know this until much later because we never went there that it is a basically like a rehabilitation zoo so they do have some exotic animals but it's also like dogs and like chickens it's also a pound zoo and pound their one thing that makes them really cool besides being really cheap is that there are just loose peacocks everywhere it is like Liberace's mansion in there because like (laughs) you'll even go into the parking lot and they're allowed to just like walk around and I'm like this is not a place for you fancy chicken you need to be behind something you're far too beautiful to be free. You're, you're far, far too, too beautiful, beautiful
1: to be free. flying over this Shake Shack.
0: Yeah. Whereas Wawa has their goose, Shake Shack should just have a peacock over just their cloud of hamburger scent just coming out the back. Whenever you're behind a Shake Shack, you can tell. If you ever get a chance, you can kind of get the the hamburger exhaust on Madison Square Park. One oh of my, yeah. one it's, of my! It's one of my New perfect. York hacks. Did you um get a chance to get an auctioned off animal from the failing zoo? No,
1: I don't think my my father actually would, would bring us there, and he, he didn't mean anything by it. It was a fun day out for the kids, and then when it closed down, he was reading about how awful it was, and he was like, oh man, <laughs> this is probably better if we just, you know, start doing other activities when I have <laughs> you, you think you realize
0: you're having a good time up until you read the paper the next day, and you're just like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, that's, I didn't know it was that bad. It was, Oops. yeah,
1: there was a tiger in a cage that was probably roughly the size of a living room in a New York City apartment and at the time as a child you don't know but then you think back as an adult and you're like whoa that is about the cruelest thing one could do to a non-human I think. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I don't know how happy it was to get out, but I'm sure when it got out, it had some feelings.
0: There have been videos on YouTube that break my heart of like when a zoo creature, I know I've seen it with livestock when they just get a little bit more space and they like jump for joy because they can't believe it. And it's like, what the fuck have we been doing this whole time? Like, we just need to stop. We need to just close all this shit down. And it scares you because when you realize that for a lot of the species, their domesticated populations are larger than their wild ones, which is the case with tigers. And I believe still with lions that can be very frustrating because it's like, oh, are we just going to let them all go? And then, you know, one thing or another, those numbers just deplete. It's just like, ah. I mean, wow. the, the one that definitely there is no excuse for. I mean, the majority of them, there's no excuse for. But the one that I definitely think is a huge, like, what the hell have we been doing this whole time are orcas. And I'd never even mm-hmm. I'll, admittedly, I never even thought about it until it was, you know, with. I think it was called Blackfish, right? And it was the, oh, that yes, documentary. Blackfish
1: was. Uh, I got recommended that by several people. They said it's a hard thing to watch, but it's really quite, quite stunning. This, this yeah, what it, what it shows. And it's like,
0: oh, right, these things are living in like something that's slightly larger than an Olympic sized pool. Like, of course, they're going to be friggin' agitated. They have the whole ocean to live in, and they should. They're whales. It's their species is what we use to define something being big, short of like the word mammoth. It's like mammoth yeah. and whale; those are the two big ones. <laughs> An elephantine, I guess. There's three, but they those are all the largest living mammals. So it's that's a depress. I feel maybe as we move into the great and glorious future, and not so great if anyone saw the smog in New York the past week or the wildfires in Canada. Let's say in the great future we're living in, maybe. A part of being a dad it's not just grilling some cool weenies in the backyard it's not just having a cold brew after working on the rototiller it's not changing the oil and having a belt of scotch it's buying your kid an exotic animal and don't from mix a those two food. up
1: because it'll go badly
0: no no don't drink the motor. like don't do what my dad and i did and drink the motor oil and fill your car with scotch you'll be like you put in 10 gallons of what but yeah you should get your kid an exotic pet just mm-hmm. something, just Joe Exotica, just pick something out. Cool bird you're not supposed to have, or a...
1: A banana spider, you could do a Komodo dragon. Uh, mm-hmm, Rhinoceros yeah. are very popular. Wallabies are plentiful. You could pluck them right off the tree. You know, you can, you can work around
0: it. I did see, not to just this being Dan's Instagram live hour, but I did see an Instagram video of a little Australian baby feeding, I believe it was, a wallaby. And I was pretty happy about that. I don't really have anything that's great commentary on that. I just want to say it's nice. If you guys find it, please check it out. It'll make you feel better like I did yeah. when I had a difficulty with my lungs the past two days.
1: Get yourself a pet with a mucus sac, dad.
0: They you have know, mu- Oh, kids. God, they all have mucus. I forgot they all have mucus sacks. yeah just they, they're, they're, they're I think disgust- they all do, Disgusting though. miracles, they are. Get yourself a mammal with a pocket, <laughs> like a <laughs> living pocket.
1: Some other thing I noticed besides an- animals, I think, uh, are good for Father's Day cards. But another one that I notice and am always uncomfortable by is... Perhaps this is more for heterosexual fathers, but uh, in, in heterosexual relationships, I mean, but okay. like, there's there's always like strangely sexy cards too. There's always like happy Father's Day and some of them have half-naked women or swimsuit models and yeah, just yeah. the idea that like your child would give you this and be like, hubba hubba, <laughs> right dad? And like, ah, you're four. This is so strange.
0: Yeah, I, I think there's, <laughs> there's one.
1: Oh, God. oh my God, you're going to, ba- I'm taking you to ballet and like, nine minutes
0: having a sex joke with your dad never gets old i feel like yeah there, there is something so there is like a heteronormative expectation that that's fine because like oh yeah dad's like pretty ladies I, I, there was one card, I don't know if we've talked about it yet, but it's one of those ones that we'll probably never review because it's been done to death for decades, where it's like hot nurse on the front, and it goes, this is Angie, she's going to check your temperature, and then in the middle of the card is just your most stereotypical, like, old maid, just sort of elder nurse, and it says, this is Madge, she's going to give you your sponge bath anyways, happy birthday slash Father's Day, or whatever it was, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, this is the conversation I want to have with my dad, hey dad, what's your type, you blonde? You like brunettes? (laughs) Oh, mom's here. Cool. Anyways, I'm going to go back to bed. Hope you enjoyed the orange oats we made.
1: Does the carpet match the roof shingles? What? (laughs) Son, this is awful.
0: Hey, dad, she's a a New York 10, but a Poughkeepsie 18. What?
1: (laughs) Can we leave this awful zoo? The Komodo dragons have begun eating each other.
0: Yes, let's, let's escape. Bobby, please gather your things. Stop stop throwing peanut shells at them. You weren't supposed to eat them. You're supposed to throw them at the Komodo dragons. I don't know why there's so many, like, just dark puddles around us. Because this isn't even water. And it certainly doesn't smell like motor oil. But just step around those.
1: They give you a free bag to throw as soon as you step into the awful zoo. That's, that's its tagline. It's the awful zoo. Throw stuff.
0: And right under there, it says, it's a wet bag. <laughs> Wet Bags at the Awful
1: Zoo. Uh, Oh, that's worse than me calling myself Newt Gunray. And that is saying something.
0: (laughs) Newt Gunray. That's the guy who owns the place. So so the full title of the place is Newt Gunray's Wet Bags at the Awful Zoo. (laughs) and and the bottom just says please don't tell this is why
1: it's such a shame that disney bought star wars because in the extended universe that story could have happened Newt gunray could have done a whole we bought a zoo we could have had a redemption story a redemption arc and we never got any of that i asked you if you
0: wanted to do deep lore star wars podcast and you said no greeting cards you can't do both at the same time bobby okay i I changed my mind You can't you can't Oreo sandwich it right in the middle. All right, I don't know much. Basically, the only deep lore character that I even enjoy is I think it was in Empire Strikes Back and the Cloud City where a guy's just holding a juicer like a vegetable juicer and calling it like a spacetime machine, and they gave him a name. I just don't remember what it is, but he's one of Lando's like engineer dudes, <laughs> and someone pointed it out like in the eighties, like that's a fruit juicer he's holding. Anyways, hey, let's, let's get hey, out of
1: por- the- Yeah, let's get out of here. Let's get out of this awful zoo. Were you
0: going to say something or- No,
1: no, nothing. about. I was going to talk about the the labor shortage of the Ognaughts on Bespin, which is where Cloud City
0: is. But you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll stay- will next episode, I'll get there. God, I wish I had a wet bag to throw at you because we have got to get out of this area and into the card. Are you ready, damn it? All right. You
1: don't know what you're missing. I am ready and I'm opening up the card presently.
0: And as he's opening the card, dear Ding Dongs, we want to remind you that if you would like to enjoy the card with us, you can subscribe- at- Greetings pod on Instagram or at greetingscast on Twitter, how long that husk is keeping around. And by all means, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out a whole lot so we can get our yearly subscription to the wet bag awful zoo. We need to go this summer because we hear there is an ocelot that smokes and smokes hard. And that sounds so cool. They put a fake leather jacket on it. Please don't make us miss it. Please subscribe to the Apple Podcast so our summer doesn't suck again.
1: How often do we see the ocelot? Very little. Oh.
0: very little bobby do you have the card ready to go
1: i do oh okay well i'm already i already like this and i'll tell you why because i have to because that's the nature of what we do here that's kind of the point of this it is yeah until we buy an awful zoo matt damon's we bought an awful zoo <laughs> it comes an out. Awful.
0: matt damon's we bought an awful zoo <laughs> This is kind of, I'm not going to give away what's on here, but this is kind of what happens after an awful zoo, if you think about it. Oh, boy,
1: yeah, and how, because, listener, if you're not looking right now because you've got better things to do, Dan, is the brown around the sides? That's the actual envelope, right? That's not a background.
0: No, that's the card. That's, that's not the even card. the envelope. Oh, that that's is the, the card, okay. That is the true blue
1: card. Okay, well, listener, what we have here is a thick brown border, like a wallpaper, kind of like the construction paper you might have for a school project in the elementary or middle school, if that's how you chose to to live your life. And in sort of teal-ish lettering shaped like rocks, and you'll understand why it says the word dad. And we have Hannah Barbera stalwart, Fred Flintstone on the front in all his glory, blue tie. Well, I never could figure out what the checkered pattern was. He's got the orange uh, nighty with the brown pebble, black pebbles. Is that what they are? I've never known what they're. I to
0: think make. the attempt is to make it like saber tooth skin. It's clearly oh, like okay. some kind of animal skin, but. Like giraffe,
1: maybe, or something. Sure, he's, yeah. He's skewed. like,
0: he's, extinct, he's destroyed. It, yeah, some animal that was, unfortunately didn't make it to the ancient awful zoos, but definitely made it to the palate of the Paleolithic man.
1: I mean, he was too early for Megatherium, which is the largest ground sloth ever to exist, but I feel like, you know, Hanna-Barbera wasn't always so great with the Pleistocene and the and the, and the, the eras, so like, we could let it slide here. for now.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, they literally lived among dinosaurs. I mean, not to give up the ghost here, but these, these are, I think these are called Brontosaurus steaks. So, there, there's no real good timeline here. And we don't even have a
1: Brontosaurus anymore. I mean, it, the world we live in now, they're not, it's not even a designation anyway i digress um, it's a living it's a li- <laughs> he's he's seasoning a steak he's got a modern day salt shaker which just throws the whole timeline <laughs> into into totally. a little tizzy
0: yeah
1: uh, he's salting a very prominent t-bone steak as you might remember from the cartoon and from the great movie starring uh, john goodman uh, he eats oversized steaks because he's and a hungry and rick moranis hungry man. and rick moranis and kyle mclaughlin and halle berry
0: And Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell.
1: It's a Uh, star-studded cast. It is. It's a stacked cast. Yeah, it sure
0: is. Yeah, not a bad movie if you're a relatively younger listener, which I'm going to get to later in regards to this whole Flintstones thing, but not a a bad movie. I'm not going to call it great, but it's fun.
1: It bravely asked the question, and I might have mentioned this on a previous episode, can you make a movie that's just a string of puns stitched together? And the answer is absolutely yes, you can. It's called the Flintstones
0: movie. You got one decade to do it, and they hit it in just in time. So Fred is seasoning the
1: stack. It's on top of a classic bone barbecue, like it's got bones <laughs> for legs and rocks for wheels and, and some kind of base, which always I, didn't frighten me as much as a kid. But now that I think about it, they live in houses and of bones and they live in carcasses. Like it's very meaty and, and quite violent. I never really thought about the implications of that. These were a, a primitive people in the, in the Flintstones.
0: It's kind of funny because... Getting into exactly what you're saying, like, the Flintstone design and also, like, the world they live around them, there is not a lot of vegetation. It's almost like they're implying that these are either, like, Paleolithic man lives Mm -hmm. in the desert conditions, but it's more like a temperate condition because it doesn't seem very warm where they live. I mean, they're not wearing shoes, but it also doesn't seem like there's blistering sun all the time. Having said that, I'm just, like, going back to my head of watching the Flintstones and, like, seeing sort of the barren, like, town of Bedrock – you would think there'd be more lush forest considering that humans didn't done fuck it up that hard yet. And there is like, not a lot. It's almost like they're implying that early paleo, like plants evolved with the paleolithic person. Like that was the idea. I don't know. Like it was because, because, I, I don't even recall if, like, vegetables are a thing they eat. Like you said, a lot of things are made out of bones, but they don't go into, like, what about hemp or, like, other vegetables? Like, not a lot of not a lot of talk of that.
1: I don't like to tell tales out of school, but I feel like the scholarship for the Flintstones was not necessarily Ivy League level. I don't know. No. I'm just taking some guesses.
0: The anthropological work for the Flintstones was very much behind. There is definitely a needed... Much many holes that needed to be filled, but I think what we lose in historical accessibility, we gain in hilarity. Like, for example, oh, sure. um, you know, Paleolithic person did not interact with dinosaurs, but do you really want to miss Fred Flintstone getting knocked over by Dino every single time he comes home? And he goes, no, 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 Dino, no, 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 and then knocks him back. Hilarious stuff. Of course not. It brings a smile to America's face. I presume. Exactly. One of them, watching them just like eat whatever acorns they could find, that would just be sad and depressing. Yeah. And watching them
1: slowly begin to build a worshiping system and a, and a system of government. You know, I, I saw that episode. It's on the DVD commentaries. It's not great.
0: Barney Rubble makes one of those fertile statues that we pick up like 10,000 years in the future. That'll be very NSFW. That's not appropriate for kids.
1: And I'll just end the comment on the card by saying that apparently in this card, Fred Flintstone lives in a lush area because he's on a field of bright green grass, uh, sort of highlighter yellow almost. And below in thick black text, it says, you deserve the biggest and best of everything. So this is a Father's Day card. So far, it's hitting a lot of the themes, barbecue, meat. Hunting and gathering, I think, is implied. Classic, well-meaning but perhaps bumbling father character. You know, up there with Homer Simpson and Peter Griffin and and Joseph Stalin. You know, like up there with the greats. <laughs> yeah. So you know, and I like Fred Flintstone. I love orange, as I said, my favorite color. Love the color palette. I love orange. I, I'm I'm into this card so far. Like, so, so how about you, Dan? Do you see this in the store? Does it find you, or do you find it? Tell us the story. So
0: of course. I did watch the Flintstones as a young gentleman. I was a Hanna-Barberaite in the day. And I think I have generally positive things to say about this card and its design because of my feelings about it. I would say that the brown border of this card is confusing. It almost feels like it was an afterthought, like they had the design. It looks uneven. I
1: was going to mention that the white border around the actual picture looks like it was literally cut out of a construction paper mass by an untalented child. And by that, I mean me at the age that it would have been cutting construction paper.
0: <laughs> well, much like you, this talent, untalented child. Well, you were a very talented child. I don't mean, to say it like that, but like mm. you, a child talented or otherwise, e- again, you were talented. Shut up. Was uh, hired by American greetings to cut these out in order to, you know, afford to go to the zoos that they wanted to afford to. And they were given admission after about 400 hours of labor like this. But what I don't like is that that child must be frigging colorblind because they decided to choose the one color that doesn't really correspond with anything else on the page. You know, Flintstones, at least in these later years with commercials and Fruity Pebbles, is known for its bright sort of neon colors. Like you just said, the patterns are bright blue, bright orange, bright green, bright maroon for the meat. And then you just go right to brown and it just feels like it's an afterthought, and that also feels uneven because the this is a white paper cutout image within a thicker cardstock brown border, and that white cutout is a little bit more up. It's not center, so you'll see there's a lot more margin space on the bottom is of it that glued? What? when you were holding it is it, it
1: definitely like glued? was glued wow so this is this could have been a card that someone just snuck onto the shelf and
0: homemade <laughs> and said you have a home now and oh then left. that is that is the that is the holy grail of this podcast. That is that is essentially the fountain of youth that we travel to the new world for in this podcast. The minute we find someone has made a card and put it in like the stacks of a Target or a Dwayne Reed or a Fairway or wherever we find these things, that'll be our last episode. And it could be episode 75. It could be episode 7,500. But I'm not stopping until we get there. And then once we get there, we're stopping hard.
1: Yeah. We'll we'll have reached the pinnacle when we have to, Quasimodo style, adopt a card and say, I will raise it as my own. Then yes, we have reached the end of the road for for both of us.
0: In Paris, we've taken this card and we've left it in Notre Dame. We both did it buy it because it wasn't that great when we went to Notre Dame. And someone made it from their computer and then left it inside of the store. But nobody knows that we hid it behind this door, this door Dor-a-t-dum, in Notre Dame we don't have a computer to wow. raise our voice but
1: ladies and gentlemen and anyone else out there he did that by himself and only looked at the printout twice i mean that is <laughs> good stuff
0: full disclosure bobby made us do rehearsals all week before we were ready for that i had to run out of space at champion studios r.i.p and you know it was a long day but where's at my tony put the bill yeah, where's my, where's my <laughs> Tony? Look, Looking at you, Leopold Stott, who didn't win it. Here's the other thing, too. And here's one of the main reasons why I picked this out. Because, again, I love me some Flintstones. I enjoy the sentiment that, you know, it's, it's dad corny, but it's also like, ah, it's Fred Flintstone. He's a goofball kind of dad. But I can see a dad of this era, any dad of this era, kind of up to millennials, getting the joke. Because they've watched... Fred Flintstone, because he was a classic in our time, yeah. and any older dads, whether they be, well, Gen Xers, it would have also been a classic, and then you get to, like, anyone beyond that, and they probably grew up with the Flintstones, which we did, too, but it was not, like, in our era, whereas it was sure. kind of more of an era it was of an older runs. dad. It
1: was, it was what came on after Cow and Chicken, and you were too lazy to reach for
0: Exactly, exactly. If you weren't getting into whatever happened to Robot Jones, you were getting into the Flintstones. Now, here's my question. Is for a Gen Z or anyone younger than us, and I'm asking out of complete age ignorance here. Mm -hmm. Besides specific novelty references like this and fruity slash cocoa pebbles, does a younger person today watch the Flintstones, know the Flintstones, mean anything of the Flintstones, or is that like old? Is that like us talking about like what's a what was the oh god? I, I immediately thought of it, but then I missed. Not Al Cap was the guy who wrote them wait
1: you are asking if someone gave you a father's day card that had like dean martin on it be like hey happy no happy no day. i
0: was think. okay so the guy who i was thinking of is al cap who was the writer of the comic strip little abner which oh. was huge <laughs> little abner was huge in its time but oh wait is it bad <laughs> give me a look
1: oh no just i i can't believe you dug that deep like that is that is a deep pull my friend
0: well the reason i bring it up is because it well it, it is a deep dive, but it was it was a massive comic strip in its time. Like, it was on syndication forever. It had movies. It had TV shows. It had live action. It had a very popular Broadway musical. Some people remember when Little Abner was on Broadway. Even terms we use today, like Sadie Hawkins' dance, that comes from that comic strip. So, like... It's huge, but I've never read a single comic strip of it. Have you? No, I sang a song
1: from the musical once when I was in eighth grade, but that is the closest I ever wished to get to Little Abner, I have to say. Yeah, no,
0: no, I don't want to because it it probably is wild in many ways and probably not that great and also just like super dated. But that's the other quote. That's the thing I have is like, is the Flintstones dated for this era? Does anyone really, does a younger generation even care?
1: Yeah, would they- would a younger generation see this? And be like, "Oh, Fat John Ham, cool. Let's get this yeah, for yeah, yeah. Day." Yes,
0: exactly. Fat John Ham. <laughs> oh, look, Fat Draper, which is. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I've been, I've been begging the studios to make that, you know, I know we're trying to move away from like the utilization of fat suits, but imagine just one unfortunately, time. unfortunately I know. Right. But it's bag. like, it's sort of the, it, like, everyone's got to have their many saints of Newark. And so we're going to go back to the, to in like five years, we'll go back to the Mad Men world. It's 1975. Nixon is in the white house, man. I'm not a crook. And Don Draper in the tunic <laughs> and he's fat Draper. That's just that's what we get it back. We'll we'll pretend the last season didn't exist so it doesn't you know we're just going to retcon some stuff. Well, but um this morning yeah dab do
1: nam They actually the that's
0: a that's a Harvey Birdman. They did that. They did uh I they did, did, did. That. Oh, no, you should watch that. It's great for those Harvey Birdman, attorney at law, did Fred Flintstone as as Tony Soprano. It's fantastic.
1: Well, thanks for pointing out to everyone that I don't have any good ideas by myself.
0: No, that's not what I mean. I mean, you have ideas with the greats because they came up with that idea as well. And you did it without having to look at something unlike me that I have to from the Villa of Bedrock. He's a page right out of Godfather three. They do a whole joke about that. <laughs>
1: But to answer your original question, yeah, I genuinely could not tell you if a Gen Z or someone who is a little younger than you or I, I'm sure they know who Fred Flintstone is, but it probably doesn't mean anything. So, yeah, this yeah. is already kind of actually in a way geared towards the father for a Father's Day is because you're like, you would recognize this old timer, like so yeah. whether they like it or not. Yeah,
0: I guess you're right. Like, I I, I think the thing I because the thing I don't genuinely care, I think my question stems more from like, if this media franchise has become irrelevant. Why are we still using it? I know the short answer to that is like, use it until it's completely dead. But this, I mean, this came out in the 50s. I'm just wondering if there's like anything to it anymore or if it really is like over half a century, 70 years has gone by when this thing was invented. So that's the only reason why it even came up in my head was like, even dads today, that would have been an older comic for them to, or older cartoon show for them to watch. So it's like, you know, a dad today, like Invader Zim, an Invader Zim card. A dad or today, like,
1: Invader Zim tomorrow. You
0: know? A dad today, Invader Zim tomorrow.
1: Yeah, who would because now if it's our generation who is quickly becoming the parents, yeah, it would be like, <laughs> like an Ed Ed and Eddie card. Right. You know,
0: like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like, would have been. Like, it would have been like a a cheeky Courage the Cowardly Dog Halloween card. You're a dad. It's just Courage screaming like. ah! return the happy birthday or suffer my wishes yeah where's that card yeah where's that get on it american greetings we're tired of this old dusty nonsense get with it we're young we're hip we're hanging out we're huffing come on get with it
1: and i will get with it by moving on to page two. Oh, whatever now this now this is funky because really embracing the 70s aesthetic i like this it's sort of off-color leopard print spotting on the inside. So the meditation page, as we've come to call it.
0: Meditation page. Meditation
1: page. Think about it quietly. Okay, good. Oh, um, So much better. So there is spotting on the inside of the card, but it's a same as the grass on the cover, sort of like a highlighter green base background followed by... Spots that have like a black border and orange inner inner circles, sort of like how Fred Flintstone's tunic is. So I love this aesthetic. I think it makes a great couch or uh, some kind of shirt, Dan. So I'm I'm, I'm enjoying the time I'm spending on the second page.
0: Yeah, I love it, too. I also enjoy the space that we are sort of filling with our eyes and enjoying it here on this page of meditation. It's funky. It's fresh it is very like moving from the 50s to the funky late 60s, but oh, yeah. also kind of feels <laughs> nostalgically young. Like it, this feels like, the extras page on the back of a Lisa Frank sticker book like this is the place <laughs> where you can put all of those fun stickers of you know penguins sharing an ice cream or two unicorns saying it's not over yet and they're made of pink and purple and you can all put them in here like it's one either that or this could be like the coolest book sock your mom won't buy you at Staples
1: oh yeah she's like that's too flashy you're gonna get beat up for that kid and like mom but I need the leopard print inverted
0: no mom. you're you're Listen, this year, and we made this deal in August, your books are going to be all the same book sock color, blue. Plain. All the same color, plain. Just off-white books, just, like, eggshell colored, like, they look like they've already been dipped in some, like, dry dirt and you dusted them off.
1: Looks like also a Klasky Supo credit, like you might find oh, at the yeah. beginning of a Rugrats episode. So yeah, really call. So maybe this is the bridge, Dan. It's the colors are the bridge between the generations.
0: Yeah, that's what it is. They realize that there is sort of a not ironic, more like a kind of post-ironic nostalgia with the Flintstones with maybe the Gen Xers. So we need to bridge that gap with something a little bit more like modern of its time. So yeah, get a nice Klasky Supo like beginning of Rugrats cover like this. I I agree. And you know, that was good for either title cards of animated shows or a cool pair of pants. Like this was just a fun style.
1: It works on two levels.
0: It does. It really does. And definitely uh, stretch away because I feel like if we're talking dedicated Flintstones lore, this would not have been a skin that any one of the citizens of Bedrock would have had because of the sort of lime green. They would have gone for actual saber tooth or the saber tooth is some kind of municipal... Like the saber tooth is like a caterpillar ground excavator or something like that.
1: They really were quite, they, it, it was a real symbiotic society. You know, the men tilled the quarries, you know, broke the rocks. They mixed cement inside the mouth of the pelicans. There was a bird who said, It's time to quit. And then, you <laughs> know, di- dinosaurs were bridges to a better world and literal bridges to the different part of the world that they already lived in
0: weird hippo creatures were their trash compactors they would at, yeah. like eat the trash they didn't take there was some kind of strange stegosaurus creature that was a vacuum cleaner they were they, you're right because my first indication is that that's all like very violent upheaval of species to force them to be objects and equipment for our domestic lifestyles so bobby you really are uncovering just how violent this community was i i I tend to agree that you're right this is a this is a tough time for the beginning of humanity mixed with nature it's it's going to be all downhill from here we're in
1: the midst of domestication that's what the title card would say it's like you'd see the credits like john ham Chloe Grace Moretz. And then there'd be a title card. Like, domestication is not going well. The dinosaurs rebel. The saber toothed tigers have taken the high plains. Only one man stands in their way, but he's too busy breaking literal rocks for no reason. His name? Fred. And in, in
0: the back, you just hear, This is Madman, but it's Fat Draper. <laughs> <Real> <laughs> That'd just be. <laughs> yeah, he's just falling down. He just goes, I'm <laughs> down. Also, in that world, they had gasoline. Where the hell did you get that from? The No, I'm aware of where it comes from, but if I remember correctly. That's got to be made out of most of your fucking appliances, doesn't it? You got to let those sit for 2.5 million years before you get that. But I guess because there's, this goes back to what you're saying. That anthropologically, this is all over the damn place.
1: They found one Stone Age humidifier in a cave in France, and since then there's been a lot of debate <laughs> about whether it was period or
0: not. They found one Paleolithic in uh uh. No, not, not Pitcairn. That's that's the fake one. Uh, what's L- the Lescow? L- L- is that the, oh the Neander the- Valley? No, in the yeah. Neander Valley they found one vacuum cleaner that was a Stegosaurus, and they were like, "This is all we need for." Hanna Barbera went out there and went, "This is a show this Done. is it. donezo." <laughs> it's a good middle page. This page,
1: it is. I'm looking forward to what's coming next. I'm pretty high on the hog, as it were, you know. And so uh, now I wanna, I'm ready. Okay. Okay. So third page. <laughs> The full message would be Fred Flynn stood on the front. Dad, you deserve the biggest and best of everything. Meditation page. That's why this card is filled with so much love. Happy Father's Day. And the background is the same sort of highlighter green, yellow color. Happy Father's Day is in the teal. Uh, I got to tell you, Dan, if I was a dad, I'd be disappointed. There was nothing more than love in this card. Yeah. I tell you, It's a letdown. You...
0: I, do you don't, mean, I don't need it. Do you mean you want money from your kid, or do you mean what I hope you mean, which is more from the card? Well, I would like both if they're both on offer. <laughs> I just love the idea of, like, your 8-year-old gives you this card, and you shake it for money. You like, don't know why your 8-year-old doesn't give you cash. It's like, what the hell, man? <laughs> Whatever, thanks, idiot.
1: <laughs> you get $5 for taking out the trash every week. I expect to see some of that back. <laughs> yes.
0: It's like your dad so hard, your dad getting excited when like one of those kids gets the hint, and like a ten year old puts a twenty in there, and the dad just goes, "Yes, yes, I'm absolutely buying Diablo 6! Yes, I'm gonna play Awful Zoo all day. I'm <laughs> the Awful Zoo tycoon, where the where the only tool is you. Like you can only make fences too small so that the lions eat people. There's no option to make a bigger one. I like. Before I could completely rot my brain with just shooting people in GTA, which is what I did, oh yeah, I got that little that little subconscious part of my brain out with Zoo Tycoon where I would just either, well, I did it in Roller Coaster Tycoon by in the middle of the roller coaster, you just take a piece out right when the roller coaster is oh, going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'll cause crashes. Uh, you could also drown people. And then in Zoo Tycoon, you just let the lions go free and like attack people. I think the rhin- uh, rhinos would do that as well. A lot of options to be a little child sociopath back in the early 2000s. Those were just those options were just kind of everywhere. Or You were exploring,
1: you know, like you you were you used to ford the rivers in Oregon Trail without any pemmican. You know, you were just
0: playing God. That's true. That's true. You would play, you know, Doom and you would just be like, no, all of the all of the demons are the mean people in my life. I don't like now you can just do it with better graphics. It's way better than you know, being cruel to animals, which I feel like was the norm. That's where we switched over. And now we just do it digitally.
1: Yeah, that seems to be the threshold. Once you get into that territory, it gets a little wonky. I did a, like awful zoo tycoon because most of it, you were just dealing with a very dishonest contractor and someone who was like antsy bit into the ivory trade. Didn't love it, but like-
0: was Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he had ivory shoes, ivory hat, even his check was ivory. And so that's just how much he was into it. you know, he's done a lot of things in his life. And like all things, yeah, he's dealt a little ivory. Who among us hasn't dealt a little ivory? Just dealt a little ivory in our time. (laughs) Just to keep things spicy. But, um... I love that they make just really quick i love that they make i I was looking at something. oh you know what it was like one of those like historic reproduction places and there are people that still like buying resin remakes of ivory horns on their desk and it's like just say what you really want it would be much nicer i don't want you to actually have it but it would be verbally it's like i wish there was a you know dead animals endangered animals tusk here anyways i wish i could prove my own self-worth by killing a creature dumber than i am exactly well that's the thing it's like having it's like having a fake rhino head like did you need the fake version if you know you're not going to get the real version did you really need to just feel this masculinity through your or whatever just like adrenaline through your blood of pretending you killed something that's that's lamer than killing the thing and i don't want you to kill the thing but that's just even now you're just a weenie
1: if i made a truthful father's day card one that was meant to enlighten rather than celebrate i would say happy father's day dad i love you so much i do have to say the thing you're most proud of is the area of your personality that many feel is your weakest point there I said it happy is that
0: is that when you have a dad that does have that on his on his wall the mounted head uh,
1: that's when you have the i think the dad who still like has you know like 8th grade sliding champion you know from the baseball court that he was in it's like yeah that was great don't get me wrong dad that was awesome you slid all over the court the baseball court you know and with the bat but you were 14 and you were in the 11 year old league and I think it's just time to let it go I don't think that story holds water any longer
0: if your dad yeah is still holding on to trophies from a certain era it's time to have a talk about that one like every time he you bring over friends and your dad just always has to point out like a little plaque he got and he was like yeah I was voted cool's hat in seventh grade it's like that's great dad you're in your 50s Uh and you've lost that hat and your hats aren't cool anymore can we go
1: outside now in a minute stay in i'm
0: turning off the air conditioner i so if you mean not money with disappointment but really the sort of drop in energy i agree with you and that was another thing that inspired me with this card was how quickly it dropped in my expectations i thought we were going to get a little flintstone skit because yeah, one not even of the pun. main.
1: It's, it's a machine. There's no time. There's nothing in there.
0: And the whole. Like, if you rewatch kind of like the last episode when I got super excited that they make Fruity Pebbles milk now, Ooh. I went back and I was like, wait, I want to watch some Fruity Pebbles cartoons from the 90s just to like see how this like Flintstones media kind of kept up in the era. And of course, there are references to like hip hop and skateboarding and staying cool. Um, but the thing that's consistent is that we've got. Fred Flintstone, Barney Rubble, and Barney's always playing a trick on Fred. Fred is like our straight man trying to have a normal suburban Ralph Cramden life. And Barney Rubble is our guy coming in there and Ralph Cramden's friend, whose name escapes me right now, don't at me. And that's a that's a show that's even older than the Flintstones and um, comes in and messes his shit up. And he just goes, Barney. And that's the whole sketch. Maybe we throw Dino or Bam Bam or Pebbles in there. But the idea is, There's we get a little slapstick, we get a little you know shtick going on in there. Yeah. This this is just Fred cooking a steak very poorly. I guess fine if you're trying to sear the fatty ends, but he should be doing that later. You gotta seal in the juices. Yeah, I guess you're right. He's he's maybe he's one step ahead of me. His seasoning is weird though, because he's just seasoning the fat with pepper salt. Yeah. Then we just kind of end with "Love you, Happy Father's Day." It's like was there not a bit? You had characters. You went all this way to put characters in here. Is there not a bit involved?
1: And the biggest and best of everything, the only thing oversized is the stake. I thought there'd be like a big rock car, a big dinosaur car, uh, several other things that could have been turned into some sort of car. But there's there's not, it's biggest and best of everything. Only one thing is big. And then there's not even like a picture of Dino and it says like, your dino might happy birthday. Or like, you know, slate to go but i have to because you're not my biological father happy father's day or yeah i don't know something or anything
0: (laughs) or yeah yeah or like let them be at the loyal order of water buffalo and then like everyone's celebrating and it goes get ready to bed rock and roll for your birthday that's all how buffalo can you go yeah
1: i'm not asking for a lot no I don't think.
0: no we are asking the bare minimum we're asking for you to make less sentences that make sense than usual we're asking you to do the lamest and cheapest form of comedy cheaper than pie in the face and that is take a word and make it sound like another word for a sentence that doesn't connect to the word before it that's all we're...
1: give me gary marshall's father's day part two the death of michael corleone i want my puns
0: if we can't get father's day to lost in new york then the least you could give us is a pun-laden card if you're going to bring back old dirt. If you're going to bring back an old media thing, go all out, show it to me the entire way. This just feels like a card company that is thinking they're going to get more eyes on the prize by putting in a character everybody knows. And I'm guessing at this point, and that's the other reason why I asked is because do, do does a certain like audience just know this as a food mascot at this point?
1: Very likely and I really am enjoying envisioning the board meeting of this company where there's one man presumably who refuses to retire and they say contractually we have to do one idea of Phil Flim's every year. Phil what do he got for us and he's like, I want the Flintstones. So like no one knows who the Flintstones are anymore Phil Flim and he said, I'm Phil Flim. my father built this company. Because before this was here, there was a baseball diamond with ghosts in it. And I built right on top of it. And I said, I get one card every year. It's Flintstones. Wait,
0: the baseball diamond is like a curse that he controls? or Someone
1: called it a field of nightmares. I don't know. It's It's not important. <laughs> I paved over it. It's gone.
0: That was my favorite sequel to a movie ever, was A Field of Nightmares, where it's just more like a Tim Burton sort of spin on the original. Was that Kevin Costner? That was just a-, a Yeah, I mean, it was Gary
1: Marshall's opinion. second to last film, Field of Nightmares.
0: What was his name, Phil Flynn? He was just kind of, uh, he really insisted on like, and he's just got a slime about him whenever he comes into the board meeting, just like, you know, your kids like nowadays. He's the Flintstones. And
1: everyone's like, his hair moves of its own accord. There's no wind.
0: He's like constantly in a bog. Like he's always got seaweed on him. Every time he's around, a mangrove tree is growing not too far away. Well, that's old money for you. The healthiest kind of money, if you ask me. Hmm. The only kind of money there is. The last page is nothing to write home about, to be honest. It's just American Greetings and then the Flintstones logo. Just They have to
1: attribute Hanna-Barbera and, and copyright. Co- yep. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So big
0: Hannah and bigger Barbara.
1: Okay. Well. All right, Dan. What are we? What are we feeling now that we? That's a
0: great question, Bobby. I feel like I have to we're ask yabba, you. We're yabba dabba done. At we are point. yabba dabba done. I feel like a modern stone aged idiot, and <laughs> now that I've been, <laughs> not that i now that I have been seduced into thinking I was going to have a what they call a, a grand old time or a gay old time. I don't remember how the lyric goes, but um, we've been given the opposite. We've been given kind of, a you know, not not as such. I almost feel like I've been pulling a car with my bare feet the whole time. And but with that, Bobby, I'd like to know, because there was a lot to love right in the middle and beginning. W- where yeah. would you put this card in your Father's Day collection on the fridge?
1: You know, uh, I don't think I'm keeping it for very long. And uh, I do like it though. I think that like my dad might appreciate it. I think he'd get a kick out of it, and I think it's more for the aesthetics on the front and in the middle. So I would probably put this like bottom of the fridge, like it would hang around, but I don't know for how long. And I probably wouldn't wouldn't be eyeing it, you know, too often. That's where I'd put it. And I just let me say as a final side note, always kind of weirded me out that Wilma's name was the only one that wasn't a pun, because it was like Fred Flintstone. His daughter Pebbles, Barney Rubble, Bam Bam. And then Wilma's last name was Slag Hoople, which <laughs> isn't anything as far as I know.
0: That is, I completely forgot it because he, like, it, her dad was like old man Slag Hoople, right?
1: Yeah, and her mom, like, I was like, well, slag is a sort of dated term for a loose woman. And I don't know what a hoople is. And I'm like, is this some kind of joke that I'm not really like? Is a, is a
0: Slag Hoople like a weird... Is that, like, a weird thing we don't know about, like, an old rock machine that we we, we are just? <laughs> is that, like, was, that like, a, was that, like, machine. a gold rush era term for something? No, I think you're right. I think. I don't
1: think it's anything, but I love the idea of an old rock machine. It's like, does it make or destroy
0: rocks? It could be both. I'm, I'm just having a look-see. I'm just, honestly, all I'm getting here is just them describing what the Flintstones is, and it's like, I don't need that. I want to know what slag Slaghopal means. Wait, what is, because. Betty Rubble must have a maiden name because so we we can we've addressed that Wilma Slagkoopel, her maiden name means nothing. And, And oh, my God, Jane Krakowski replaced O'Donnell in the 2000 prequel to the Flintstones of Viva Rock Vegas, in which Betty's maiden name is O'Shale. So first off, just you know, you know, well, they have you Irish know. people in, 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 in the Neolithic. You know what? Say what you want about the Gaels, they they've been keeping this shit up for roughly fifty thousand years, and you got to give them credit for that. <laughs>
1: But O'Shale is a pun, though. Like, okay, I get it. Shale is a rock. I understand. I get it. Wow,
0: I can't believe they gave her... I can't believe Betty Rubble... Excuse me, Betty O'Shale. That's that That comes off well. Betty O'Shale's Betty O'Shale. bad zoo. Hi, awful she's, zoo. A ro- she's a rose. Oh, it's Betty O'Shale's awful zoo. Come see a dog that's not here. Oh, that was Liverpudlian. So yeah, Betty O'Shale... <laughs> just another example of me unable to do accents when I want to. So Betty gets a real, every everyone's got, what was the purpose of not giving Wilma a stone name?
1: Uh, uh, maybe a geologist could tell us. Maybe Slag Hoople is some layer of rock I'm not familiar with. But to me, it just sounds like a toy that you'd see a commercial for in the 1990s. It'd be like, kids, come on outside and play with your new Slag Hoople. Like, wow, it really does light up and burn.
0: It's the Slag Hoople from Ronco. Can, needs only five types of gasoline to get her going. <laughs>
1: Ouch! Having fun, yeah.
0: Hi, I'm Evil Knievel, and when I'm not wearing a seatbelt, I'm absolutely playing with my slag hoople. Come see me jump over awful Zoo Canyon. All this blart on Fox. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the that is unbelievable. That. Wilma. I didn't mean to derail us. It just always no, sort it's of, fine. I, I always
1: thought there was a joke I'm missing, but thank you for confirming. I'm not totally stupid.
0: I bet if we find a geologist that is one part geologist and three parts misogynist, they'll be able to explain to us why, out of all the characters, Wilma is taken out of the pun game. But you know, we'll save that for another time because that that could be another an hour we spend with that. What we do need to spend on is where I would put this card, which I would say. Same feelings that you are protruding like many spiked accessory in a Flintstone home that might be a pin cushion or something. (laughs) I agree with you, Bobby, that there's so many things about this that are comforting and fun and nostalgia is a poison that is letting me like this thing, but it disappoints on levels that doesn't really want me to make it hang around so much. And I don't really have like a love of the Flintstones. I think it was just a thing I watched a lot young, like we all did. So, um, yeah, I would say like bottom left of the fridge, it'll keep around for a little bit. Cause it's, Nice to have bright and shiny things on my fridge until the next wedding announcement comes around. But uh, we we don't need to keep this around for that that often. It would have had a longer life if there was something fun to enjoy in it. Fun little comic where maybe Barney's stealing the steak for himself, but no dice.
1: Mm And you'll have to forgive me, but I have fallen down a small wormhole about Wilma because there's a whole section on Wikipedia uh, called Maiden Name. And it says, and I quote, oh Wilma's maiden name is the subject of a continuity error. Several early episodes listed as Pebble. In the second season, Wilma's old friend Greta Gravel <laughs> oh. re- refers to her as Wilma Pebble. And later episodes in Spin-Offs firmly state that her maiden name is a Slag Hoople. Based upon the name of Wilma's mother in the original series, Pearl Slaghoople. Okay, well that didn't do much. Wilma's backstory is fascinating. I know we're running along and we should go, but she both she comes from Arkinstone, which I'm sure is Lord of the Rings. Oh, thing. We have a lot to go. Which into. doesn't have?
0: She doesn't have an Arkinstone. Well, this is the Paleolithic era. Who the hell knows? I mean, we, we can't even call it the Paleolithic era. It's the Flintstone era. Maybe they don't have accents.
1: I've got a lot of ground to cover.
0: Did she vote for Bill Flintstone? Went for governor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bill
0: Flintstone. I was trying. Wait, Bill Flintstone. That was right in front of me. Wait, now does not work? Cl- I like Bill Flintstone. Yeah, Flintst- Flintstone also kind of works. All right, well, this, we don't need to spend too. This feels like we're going down. What? So I can see, and again, I know we're running long, but just swear to God, I'll shut up. I can see where they wanted to change the continuity though, because then the little itty bitty baby's name would have been Pebbles, potentially maiden yes. baby name Pebbles Pebble. So that isn't maiden baby. Do babies have maiden baby maiden names? Baby maiden names. <laughs> Hi, come on down for baby maiden names. Thinking about marrying
1: your baby off but not ready yet? Have a maiden name on us.
0: I'm Betty O'Shale. Please promote my baby maiden names.
1: I'll leave you with this, Dan. Quote, as a young adult, Wilma worked with Betty as a cigarette girl at a resort where she (laughs) met Fred Flintstone.
0: I liked it better when she got her just like the job at the bad drive-in. I believe that was in Viva Slots Vegas. Or yes, or...
1: I mean the Attack of the Clones of of the series. You know, they've never really rounded out the errors that were made in that film.
0: You know, no, not it took some not. big swings. Do like when they have lightsabers though, St- stone fire sabers. Anyways, if you want to continue on this discussion about the Flintstones with Bobby and I, because we found ourselves in quite the internet wormhole, you can join us at Greetings Pod on Instagram at GreetingsCast on Twitter, or rate review us on Apple Podcasts. Preferably, you do all those things. But if you had to choose one this week, uh, podcast review. What do you say? Bobby? Yeah,
1: yeah, do it. Podcast review. Do it, you cowards. Come on. Yeah, Come yeah. On. Stay off
0: social media, idiot. Go do something else. Go outside. The weather's nice. Come on. Come Father's on. Day, do it. Get on Stop. Stop reading about Bedrock. It's not that great. Yeah. All right, I gotta
1: go start uh, Father's Day um, uh, because the movie is four hours long, and I better start now.
0: Okay, cool. I have to go be a lamp for a family because I'm also a pterodactyl. Bye. It's a living. Bye. Maybe.
1: Men, mad men they are all such bad men mad madmen, mad men some of them are sad men mad men mad men i just started watching mad men
0: they call it cedar sinai but what about all of the other trees oak sinai that's it i
1: want what about sesame seed sinai no one's even talking Talk
0: about at it. this sunny day we're going to the hospital and we're gonna volunteer by taking all of our friend's blood won't you please show me the way the way to senior sinai's sesame street <laughs>